Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, it looks like the show has got past the fifth inning before the rain might stop it, so that'll make it an official show, will it not? No. That's what the Florida Panthers were thinking last night. And they crapped themselves and they lose. I just got hammered with rain again. Oh, here comes the wind. My door is open. Can you take over for a second? You're hearing the sirens. <laughs> Unbelievable. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, it absolutely is. Welcome to Hour 2, everybody, of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. We're coming to you live from the Centennial Cup, presented by Tim Hortons. And the RP Show presented by the city of Estevan. We are in the finest Junior A hockey facility in all of the world. Affinity Place in Estevan, Saskatchewan. It's day five of the National Junior A Hockey Championship. We're very excited to welcome to the program NHL veteran, Washington Capitals analyst from NBC Sports, Alan May. Bruins alum, I should mention. He joins us right here in the set at Affinity Place. And Alan, since we last saw you, you saw how fast news travels and happens. We got word that Barry Trotz is going to be introduced this week as the next head coach of the Winnipeg Jets, a man that you know very, very well. And I am not surprised that he went to one of the two Manitoba teams in the National Hockey League, but he went to the one closest to it. Not Vegas. To, yeah, the, the yeah. Vegas Wheat Kings or the Brandon Golden Knights, I refer to them as all the time. Mm -hmm. And I look at the, the rosters when people were saying, which one's he going to take? It's going to be one of those teams. I go, it's a no-brainer. Barry's been around a long time. He's in his 60s. He's got to coach the Winnipeg Jets. And I said, what I don't like, I don't like their defense as a group, as a whole group. They don't have enough guys that Barry kind of needs, but they got a lot of forwards. And I think with the goaltending that they have in Hellebuck, this is the team for Barry Trotz. And if you can bring Mitch Korn, Hellebuck gets even better. But uh, not surprised, and I'm happy that that's the team he chose because I think they're a playoff team today. Uh, as of right now, so they So why weren't they? They, I, you know what? I was never really a Paul Maurice guy. I didn't think he was a get it over the hump kind of guy. And there was something there. I never saw enough structure in the right areas. And I just think with Barry, the defensive structure, and then you have you have a lot of great offensive players. Kyle Connor, the most underrated player in the National Hockey League. When you think of guys that put the puck in the net, and then you got Wheeler and Shifley and these different players that are really high end. But with the size they have and the skill level they have, that's more Barry Trotz than the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, when I look at the size to play defensive, you play in that arena, smallest arena in the NHL, if you can play a really good defensive physical game and then add the offensive weapons that they have, I think he can turn it around right away. And he's the right kind of guy that, you know, he gets his message across and players do like him. Well, so we came into our two very hot. If you've just joined us across Canada on the Game Plus television network, or in the 31 United States that carry Game Plus. We are at Affinity Place. It's the National Junior A Hockey Championship. It's a triple header of The top 10 Junior A teams in the country are here for supremacy. And we're into day five, and the, uh, the triple header begins at noon mountain less than an hour from now. So it's going to get louder here, warm-ups, and we're just happy to be in the building. We're just happy to be here. So we'll back, just walk it back here a little bit. We didn't talk a lot, Alan, last hour about the Centennial Cup, and we should. 
The host Bruins are here. Tonight they play the Red Lake Miners of Ontario, and they it's a must-win for both teams. They're 0-2. You and I watched Saturday's Bruins game together. It was not great. They're 0-2. What, what's your sense of why they are battling for their lives? This tournament's not even half over yet. Well, I think one of the things is the enormous pressure, and this is all people have been talking about for a few years when they knew where they were going to get this. They, they got into the tournament the right way. They won their league championship, and they did it in the absolute perfect way in seven games. That's, that's the way I always love to win those big-time series. So you look at that, and they get here, and I just felt like they had a little, they, they were gripping their sticks, and they weren't being who they were. And, you know, they get behind, and all of a sudden there were some collapses, especially in the last game, and I think their, their mind had a little too much clutter. They're just boys still. They're teenagers yeah. for the most part, and they're still not, their mental game still isn't where it needs to be. And I just felt that that game really got away from them mentally, and they're thinking about, damn, we screwed up, and, you know, we still have to play Brooks, and, you know, it, it just... But I, I think if they can do a system reset and just worry about the game they're in and the shift they have and the next shift and what they have to do with that puck every shift, play the game that way. Don't think about all the other stuff that happens a couple days from now. And don't overthink. And I would also say to the older players, what they really need to focus on is the pride that you have in yourself as a hockey player. They're, this may be the last couple of hockey games for these kids ever at, at junior hockey. And who knows what they have in store for them. Is it, you know, some guys will be yeah. lucky enough and fortunate enough to play college. And other guys are done. And, you know, go out giving it your all-time best effort and be so proud of yourself if this is your last one or two games that the rest of your life when you look back at your career as an Esteban Bruin or a junior hockey player, that you gave it your all and uh, you can be proud of yourself forever. Doesn't matter yeah. the outcome, just play great every time you can. And they have a tremendous coach and GM in Jason Tatarnik. He'll be telling them all of that, but it is a must-win tonight, and they got to score a lot of goals. So at Noon Mountain, it's the Ottawa Junior Senators versus Sioux. Both teams looking for their first win. At 4 p.m. Mountain, the Flynn Flon Bombers 2-0 against Summerside PEI. They're 1-1, and and then I mentioned tonight Estevan versus Red Lake. So it's all hockey. It's all you can eat. It's a buffet. Hockey Canada bringing it to us. And I wonder what it was like for you, Alan. You live just outside Dallas. You work for the Capitals as analysts. Walking in here and seeing the Hockey Canada banners, at, like, it's heaven. Well, it, it absolutely is. And I think my old arena would still, everything in this arena, would including fit inside. inside and inside the glass, because we were about, I think, 180 feet by 80 or 75. It was a matchbox. It yeah. was tiny. And the roof, you know, you could almost touch it with your stick blade, and but it was awesome. And there was standing room. This building has 24 suites, and they're awesome. It's this is an incredible, absolute incredible facility, and the people that put it together and they the price they did it for was, I think, a steal. Incredible. For, you see what yeah. happens, and I've been a part of you know arena builds, and it's been 10 times the cost when they're finished, what that you thought they were going to be, and this thing is just magic. And it's a city rink too, and they've got what eight dressing rooms on this side that we're on, then the big time dressing rooms are on the other side that. The kids NHL caliber. And the kids' dressing room is better than the one that I'm in in Washington, and, and I think better than the one I've seen in Carolina, and certainly better than what they used to have on Long Island. But it, it's it's something special, and it's got to be magical for these kids to come out of midget hockey and start playing junior hockey here. Well, I look at these old-time junior players like you that played in the old barns, and some of them get upset. They're like, why did I ever play in this? But I always say, you help build this, and I'm sure you feel that sense well you know I, one of the things we talked about yesterday you and i uh we were at a family gathering and it's the people of this town there's something about them that th there's a sense of giving back and i don't know if i could have ever lived in a in this town for the rest of my life and uh kind of a hyper guy when i was a kid and i i'm always kind of doing something now even and 
you know, I, my life has been full of experiences, but to live in a town like this, you stay busy. And, and the family that I lived with here, they've been volunteering, not just one cause, two cause. Next thing you know, they're on this board and that board. And they were a big part of this arena being built. A uh, 75-year-old lady that I lived with, uh, 70, she's not 75. Let's Melody Pearson Ma- Mel- going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, into the, into the Bruins Hall of Fame, our Alumni Hall of Fame here. She's had hockey players in her house since 1979 or 80. I lived there from 82 to 85, I think it was, and and been friends with them my entire life. But her boys are, you know, very important kids that get in this thing built. But I look back, and there's so many volunteers, guys that were on my board of the team and the town executive, that are still in here volunteering in their 70s. And it's I ask, and they're surprised that I know that I go, how could I ever forget you? Right. Like these are the most important years of my life. So just a lot of incredible volunteers in this town and people that, that make it special. And, you know, it's not the prettiest town. It's it's a working man's town. and Blue-collar town. Blue-collar. And these people are just absolutely incredible with their with their philosophy and attitude to life and giving back and making their community a great place. Well, I saw this guy Saturday night, and Alan has not stopped smiling since I've seen you. So I didn't really need to ask if you're having as much fun as it seems. It was a rhetorical question. <laughs> I know that you are. And just the last one for the junior hockey nerd in me. When I look at your DB hockey database, went from Estevan to New West. So did just you go, or did the whole team go? No, I apologize. See, as a kid. New West came here. You're, I think though, way back in the '70s, I think all of that change happened. And Ernie McLean, I was here, and I didn't get a scholarship, and we won our league, and we lost in the Western Canada to Joe Murphy and the Penticton Knights, and he went first overall in the draft. And none of our guys had scholarships, and every Penticton Knight had a scholarship, and it was kind of wearing me down so I started a medicine hat that year and I could not the, me, the coach and I I didn't like him I didn't like the way he treated people and I came back here for a little bit parked myself and you know I, I felt like I had outgrown the league and I said I'm gonna have to I'm gonna play Canadian college hockey I was already offered a really good deal at the University of Alberta for my education and uh, and I thought you know what I'm gonna find a way to play pro hockey I think I can play pro like I honestly believed I've never had a doubt that I could and I, very delusional very delusional well, you think, did but so- I but I did it but the the path was very abnormal at the time and I got a call on New Year's Day Ernie McLean had just taken over from Patty Janelle and Ernie McLean is a Western Hockey League legend a legend in these parts he he was here yep. at Estevan Van Bruin and he said Alan I want you here he got I've been watching you for years I want you to come here and uh, we'll see what we can make out you of this. You were 20? Yeah, I was 20. Yeah, yeah. So I went as an overage, and I went there, and I had a broken thumb all season long. So I remember I used to get a little upset during a game. I'd be upset at someone. I'd go, and I'd be cutting the saw. I'd cut my cast off, and I'd tape it up, and I'd go out and get into a fight or something. And it did the dumbest thing. And, you know, just another delusional episode of my life. And uh, But I played for Ernie, and somehow at the end of that year in the Western Hockey League, and Ernie loved me. And uh, he treated me so well. He offered me a coaching job when the season was over. And I still see him to this day in the Vancouver arena. And I'll see him there. And he's still trucking around the one-eye man with the patch yeah. on his eye. And he's always got gold, like big gold rocks in his pocket. And he's a gold miner. And he, he comes in. The last conversation we had when we played junior, he said, you're not good enough and big enough to play pro hockey in the NHL. And if you go play in the minor leagues, these guys are six foot five, six foot eight. It's a tough way to live. The lifestyle is really bad. You won't make a lot of money. You can coach him right now. I said, no, Bernie, Ernie, I said, I don't believe anything you're saying. I've never listened to you, and I never will. And that's funny. I get to away you my went. very first NHL game in at Vancouver as a member of the Washington Capitals, and he's waiting for me as the bus pulls in. 
He goes, damn it, kid. Thank God you never, ever listened to me. I'm so proud of you. And every time I go to Vancouver, yeah. he takes me around the building and introduces This kid never listened to me and he made it. And uh, he goes, I've always loved him. And it's just been, it, it was just, it was a good decision by me, but it hurt. The, I know it hurt this team. And uh, they had a really good team. And we probably could have and would have, you, you can't say that. We would have had a really good chance of winning the league and winning the Centennial Cup because there were some superstar players here. Yeah. Well, that's, a, they have a great history. But the, this franchise, the Esteban Bruins, are the league champions for the first time since 1999. And uh, let me just say this, because next segment, we've got about four minutes left here. We'll come back and get into a little more of Battle of Alberta. And I think you got to tell your Bernie Nichols story and uh, some of these other mm -hmm. series. But is there something to the fact that the Esteban Bruins won a league championship and they climbed their mountain? Because there are other teams here that just look like they're still climbing and they're very hungry. That has to be part of it, well, I would think. Well, one of the things, and I've said this, you know, some of the people are they're focusing on the bad right now of what's happened so far for the Bruins in this tournament. I'm a guy that I've, maybe that's where I'm delusional. I've always focused on the good when I look at something. I'm looking for good in these players. And when I look at the tournament, there's 10 teams that won their league championships. So when you think of it, they found a way to win their league championship. They bonded as a team. And I don't know what their backstory is, where they were during the season. But they're all champions as they get here. The Bruins have an enormous amount of pressure. I think there's too much mental clutter going on with the pressure playing in their hometown. But they've got to put that aside and get back to where they were. And I, I believe it's there, but they were gritty to come together to win their league championship. They had to probably do it in the, one of the toughest, hardest places to play in, in provincial junior A hockey, and that's Flin Flon. And that's still the scariest rink I've ever played in my life. And, uh, and I heard ha not much has changed about Flin Flon People and their tell fans. Me yeah. I have to go. Is it as good as they say? Is it worth the trip? Only go if you can go by helicopter and get out about an hour later. I'm flying only if I go. Yeah. My first trip there was an 18-hour bus ride at about 25 miles an hour. Uh, there was so much snow on the roads, and the bus it took forever. And you know, you weren't stopping back then. And we we got in there, and, and it was the one of the wild week wildest weekends of my hockey life ever. And it, it's about a six beer story on a bar stool. It was so terrifying what was going on and off the ice and uh it's it, it's a it's a place that's a great hockey community it's got a passion my favorite nhl player when i was growing up was bobby clark and he and he came from there and i know why he was so dang tough because he you grew had up to playing be. hockey there and he grew up there yeah and he was redheaded so i imagine he got picked on a lot who uh you've seen every team here this week yes i have who's the best well you know the very first day i was i was absolutely in shock when i walked in the arena the first game i saw was brooks and I don't know how to pronounce the Quebec team. Longay. Longay, yeah. So they, their skating was so incredible. And I looked, I go, man, the quality of coaching has changed. Because back when our coaches, I had one good coach in junior hockey that had X's and O's and plays and was practices were different. But all these kids on every one of these teams, the systems, but those two teams, their systems, but their skating was through the roof. And then I, I look at the Brooks list, every kid's got a scholarship. And a major, like a D1 scholarship. They're not after Western Hockey League players, or they don't want people to play major junior or plan on playing major junior. They want kids that are going to college, and their skill level was through the roof. And they're very well coached. And it's always, it's always easier to coach high skill and if they listen. And man, they could, they could skate, and just no one like. No one on my team could skate like these kids on either of these teams. And I look at the Estevan team. They're, they're excellent skaters, too, but those are the two cream-of-the-crop skaters, those two teams. Well, it's uh, Estevan lining up against Brooks on Wednesday night, but first got to get through Red Lake 
Miners tonight. When we come back, we'll talk some more Stanley Cup playoffs. They say that Barry Trotz is going to the Winnipeg Jets. We'll talk more about that in our poll question today, which we invite you to vote on on Twitter or YouTube. Is is Connor McDavid the most dominant player the NHL has ever seen? It's brought to you by Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. We'll get into those results when we return in a moment to Affinity Place in Estevan. The Centennial Cup is presented by Tim Hortons, Hockey Canada, and the city of Estevan. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. The Rod Peterson Show, live from Estevan, is presented in part by the award-winning Wanda Heron Photography. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Live from beautiful city of Estevan, Saskatchewan, it's the Centennial Cup. Uh, by the way, promotional consideration for the RP Show, brought to you in part by Tough Tribe for Men. It contains aloe vera, botanicals, and antioxidants, traditionally known for their scalp and hair benefits. We're part of the clean beauty industry. Welcome to Clean Beauty for Men, available today at toughtribeformen.com. That's the number four, toughtribeformen.com and Amazon Canada. And a guy that has some nice hair is Alan May. I think that's maybe why he survived in the television game for so long. Washington Capitals analyst from NBC Sports joining us. Ryan H. watching in Toronto on YouTube says, it's like we're all hanging out at the rink with Rod today. I love it. We all love it. And I thank the Centennial Cup Committee for bringing us out here in the city of Estevan, Days Inn, and all the great folks. And Alan May is a Bruins alum, NHL alum, and we're breaking down the news of the day that uh, Barry Trotz is the new head coach of the Winnipeg Jets. We should, for those that just tuned in on Game Plus TV and missed your analysis, Alan, you said, I want to bet. As soon as you heard that, you said, I want to bet. Do you want to say who you bet with? Or did you say? A buddy of mine in D.C. who is actually bets for a living. And I'm not a, I don't bet. I've never made an illegal bet. I don't go to casinos. And I said, we'll put $100 on it that he's going there. He said, no, he's going to Philly. And my buddy won the first round. He won over $50,000, parlayed the first round. I don't know how many ways. I still don't even know what a parlay is, really. And, I don't uh, really. But I won, I won a $100 bet with him, and I'm going to collect it as soon as I get back to D.C., and then I'm going to hop on a plane and go somewhere else. But I'm just going back to get that $100 from him. Well, for our benefit of our Winnipeg viewers, of which we have many on uh, Bell MTS Cable out there, Carries Game Plus, you said that this is a perfect fit for Trotsy. Can you reiterate why that is? Well, I think, well, you start from the net out with Barry Trotz. And so goalies are always a big factor in how well he does. So you take Connor Hellebuck. Uh, you know, I, I don't think their defense, I, that was a weakness to me when I look at their roster and their, all of their defense. It, it doesn't say that they're not all championship caliber, but their forwards are elite. It's his hometown, basically. And I just thought it made such perfect sense. And I think playing in the, is it still the MTS Center? Yep. I uh, think, no, Canada Life Center. Okay, so Canada Life Center is the smallest arena in the National Hockey League. It's very intimidating uh, to go in there. It's the loudest rink on a night-by-night basis. Uh, and you go in there, and I think if he puts a fast brand of physical hockey, because they've got a lot of speed there. He's got Kyle Connor, who is the most underrated goal scorer in the National Hockey League and has just been kicking ass since he's been in the NHL. Undersized guy, and he shows up every game. You've got Shifley and Wheeler. And I think those two guys can play a lot better all-round game. And he can teach them how to manage the puck better. But they got a lot of great parts there. And he will make Chevy a better GM. 
and he wants to be there. And he looks at it probably as the greatest opportunity he'd ever had because it's a Canadian NHL team and it's his hometown. And I just think he's right. He's it's the right place for him to be. Well, what you've we've been around each other all weekend. What's so awesome is it's been all hockey all the time, whether it be NHL talk, Junior A talk, Major Junior talk, college talk, whatever. It's just hockey talk. And somebody said to me, "Why did they fire him in Trotsy in the Long Island? Why did Lou fire him?" And you've been around Lou. You've been around that Patrick division a very long time. Is it simply because they missed the playoffs? Lou fires coaches. To think of it, what did Barry Trot? And this is going to sound rude, but what has Barry Trotz done for the New York Islanders? I know the first year they had the largest goal, goals against differential in the history. Conference of the National. final last year. But, but you look at that. But they didn't win anything. They don't put that on the Stanley Cup conference final, and they don't put who you played against in the Stanley Cup. And then, and on the rings now they actually put it, the inscription on the inside. They show who you played. They have the other team's logo in there and the amount of games it took to beat them. And uh, and, but, but he hasn't won. And Lou Lamorello has fired coaches that are in first place a week or two before the playoffs started and won the Stanley Cup. So there's something that he did not like in Barry's game, and it probably is the lack of offensive output. A little too safe. The year they won in Washington, they played physical, they played safe, and the young guys were on the ice scoring goals, and, and they lit it up at times, and there was an offensive element to their game. And I think they digressed offensively, and their young players uh, – seem like they're getting frustrated with the coach and the young players are the lifeblood of that team if they're going to need to score goals and i would think it had to do with something like that and it's to me it's just a very he'll he'll learn he'll look back at it honestly he goes i did make mistakes i did i do did do something maybe i've over rotated defensively and i get get it back to a little more what i was doing in washington because his message is a lot louder now and the islanders really heard it they had a stanley cup coach come and coach them not some guy with his first coaching job. So you look at Barry was a Stanley Cup coach when he left Washington. He gets there. All of a sudden, he's got everyone's ear, but they didn't progress from there enough. And I look, this is the, so hard, and there are so many reasons why they shouldn't have made the playoffs this year. And then they had key injuries, but they started on the road forever. And, yeah. and then they got home. Everyone got COVID off the bat. I think eight, nine guys for their first three or four games in their new, new arena had COVID and they get their asses kicked. So I look at that. There's a lot of things that went against it. And obviously there was just something that Lou saw that he didn't like. And Lou's a picky guy. He dresses the exact same way every day. He's the perfect dresser. He, he's like, there's something about him. And he, the assistant coaches aren't allowed to have do media interviews, the facial hair thing. All He's very particular. So worked. There's something particular that he did not like. And there might be a coach from Saskatchewan that he's got in mind for that job. So who knows? Okay. Uh, well, you have your finger on everything, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but Vegas, I they interviewed Trotsy. Like, um, well, I should stop. Before I go and look at those other jobs, Jets fans are excited. You feel they have reason to be excited. They say there's a culture problem there. You think he can fix it? He's a culture guy. One thing yeah. he's done, David Poyle and him created an incredible, hardworking, family unity type of culture, family first type of team. And you hear that in sports all the time. They have an app with the Nashville Predators that gives you every doctor. So when someone comes there, they have a team services guy. So they make you at home from day one. If you have children with issues or anything, you're, you have any type of health in, and they take care of your families when they come to town, they do that. You know, he brought, Washington already had that because David Poyle implemented that. You know, the Islanders, I'm sure, got way better at it. And I think that the culture that he will bring, and he's a good man, he's a great man, he, the trickle-down effect of caring for his players and, and learning from his past mistakes, that's what's going to really help the culture of Winnipeg 
uh, get to the next level, and I think they're going to be a far better team for it. If you've just turned your TVs on, we're live from the Centennial Cup presented by Tim Hortons in Estevan, Saskatchewan. Our show presented by the city of Estevan. And coming up at Noon Mountain, it is a battle of winless teams. The Ottawa Junior Senators 0-1 versus the Sioux. They are 0-2. So that's the reason for the sound. It's getting a little crazy in here. They said to me, Alan, can you handle it? I said, I've done games in 60,000 stadiums. I'll be fine, but haven't handled it yet. It is... It does get loud in here. That's why I went to the better headphones here. It's uh, it's incredible to be in arena. You would think, are they playing a game right now? No, it's the warm-up. Start of the warm-up. Warm up. Start of the warm-up. Yeah. So it, yeah, it's, it's awesome to be in arena. And you know, if you could do your show in an arena that's got hockey you do it every, every day. day, yeah, absolutely. Of course, they did tell me that for Game Seven of the League Final here, that Estevan and Flin Flon were in, that the glass was shaking, and I could, I could see it. I could see that happening. Yeah. One of the, my favorite things about this arena is. It's got the greatest standing room tickets in the history of hockey, and it always has. Even in the old barn, there's a rail around the building that they sold for standing room only, and that's packed every single game, no matter whether it's regular season. But that's one of the things the old-timers here dominate the, the brass rail around the arena. I know before my producers at IKS tell me if you can pull that mic right in close, uh, it might it might help with the noise. But we are talking hockey. There are tonight two Stanley Cup playoff games. We have not even got into the Colorado-St. Louis series. The Avalanche lead two games to one. The game's in St. Louis. A lot of guys are telling me watch out for the Blues, and I guess now we know why. Well, I'm a big-time believer in Craig Berube and the Blues, and he's got a big hockey team that they slowed down after the first game. They slowed down the Avalanche, and even in, in the last few games, the Avalanche have been slowed down speed-wise, fast-break-wise, and St. Louis taking middle, taking away the middle of the ice. But with no Jordan Bennington, you know, they've, they've been goaltending issues in almost every series so far, and the amount of goaltenders might be a record at this point so so early in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, you know, Bennington is a battler, and he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he, and, you know, it's a big play, loss, yeah, yeah, playoffs are his time, so that really hurts them. But once again, they won the Stanley Cup just a few years ago, and they can band together. So I'm still expecting you know, a long series here between St. Louis and the Avs. That's the later game. The earlier game tonight is, of course, Florida at Tampa Bay. The Lightning go for the sweep at Amelie Arena. Is there any way that the Lightning don't finish it off tonight? Toughest game to win is a four-game sweep. And so it's going to be hard-pressed, you know, for... For Florida just to throw in the towel and we'll see what they're made of and you know they got a, a goaltending issue maybe questioning himself he's he doesn't have a very good record in the playoffs he's an excellent goaltender but you know that Tampa knows his weakness it's long shots with traffic and they have to continue doing that and that arena in Tampa I'm assuming you've been there many times oh, yeah. now beautiful yeah. it might be the best game production and they rally in the playoffs so I, I still believe in the the Tampa Bay Lightning. I've had them to win this series, and I, I think they're going to pull it off. Now, I must circle back before I let Alan go, because this is our final segment. Thank you, Tarts. Hopefully, he doesn't get too far away, because I know you want to chat with him. Don't go too far, Tarts. Alan, don't go too far. He wants to talk to you. Um, <laughs> Battle of Alberta. Flames, Oilers, again, just to circle, because Alan's leaving. What time are you going tomorrow? First thing? Uh, no, in the afternoon. Oh, in the afternoon? Um, okay, I got a lot of three o'clock well, flight. About that series, um, 
Did you see the orders leading at any point in this series? I mean, I know it's the playoffs, expect the unexpected, but th I didn't see this coming. Well, I'm a little bit delusional, as I told you earlier. I'm an Edmonton guy. Yeah. And so I've been watching all the Oilers games uh, since my career ended. And I've always had a satellite. I've always had a way to get games. And Connor McDavid went next level in that L.A. series. And I thought once he went next level in game six with the physicality, the defensive commitment that he had, I thought that they could definitely win this series and he would light up the defenseman. But it was a matter of everyone else stepping up. No one knew Evander Kane would have 10 goals right now. And he's been 10, he had a hat trick yesterday and 10 hits. And this guy has come to play. No matter what, the noise is quieted from him off the ice. And I had a belief that Edmonton would do this. Was but that your heart or your head, or both? Well, I never know when it comes to the Oilers. Kind of like in a Capital Series. Yeah. There's such a there's a part of me, and you know, I it's different than if I worked in Canada for Sportsnet or TSN. I work for NBC Sports Washington. I'm on the board of directors of the Capitals alumni. I also work for the Washington Capitals in different capacities. So I always want them to do well, and I and I and I told you I'm always looking for good. Uh, so it goes with my heart. But I also fill out two brackets at NHL.com for the Stanley Cup. One is totally devoid of my heart yeah. picking the series, and the other one is all the grumpy old man. Well, you want to see the old grumpy old man? Yeah. And one bracket always kicks the hell out of the other one. Well, so my last question to you in the three minutes we have is our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center. And I haven't looked at the results in an hour, so I don't know what they are, but is Connor McDavid the most dominant player the National Hockey League has ever seen? Because to me, it certainly seems that way, but you played against Wayne and Mario and those guys. So how would you answer that question? Recency says yes. A lifetime in hockey says no, not yet. Because the G-Man won those Stanley Cups. He scored 92 goals in a season. He had over 200 points a year. Dress. Then again, goaltending was a lot different. Coaching was nowhere near what it was now. Uh, right now, modern day, since the lockout, he's the best thing. But I still haven't passed the mantle to him from Crosby because I'm a grumpy old man that still believes, and that part of me believes, look at everything Sid has done, like the all-round game, the physicality, blocking shots, face-offs, the leadership. He's won Stanley Cups three now. So I still have a hard time saying that Sidney Crosby wasn't the greatest thing since the lockout and you started. Love Ovechkin too. And and I look at but you build the centers and defense and goalies and Ovechkin's the best goal scorer in, in this era. And even when if and when he passes Gretz, I don't know if I passed the mantle yet because he's gonna be longevity. Gretz did that all by at the age. He was already done playing hockey by now. And Ovi and Ovi still got a That's few hundred unbelievable. goals. Yes. And to see what he was able to do when games and the playoffs so you take the evolution of the game and everything so I still have Gretz as the greatest of all time uh, and it was hard for me to do because I thought Bobby Bobby Orr and I didn't get to see the other guys in the past but oh my god the things Gretz was able to do so you know people people will get mad it's my opinion but I've been in the game my whole life and Wayne Gretzky's my guy. Yeah, and, and, and you're certainly allowed. And I still love Connor McDavid. And he's made Edmonton must-watch for a good reason now because there were so many years I was throwing things and upset watching how the Oilers were playing. And, you know, he's brought life to that city. I love it. Alan May, thank you so much for everything. And enjoy the enjoy the hockey. Yeah, thanks. I'm so happy I was able to finally do this with you in Absolutely. person. And uh, like you. I said, way much taller in person. Way taller in person. <laughs> you too. I couldn't believe it. Alan May, Washington Capitals analyst, joining us here at the Centennial Cup. When we come back, we'll be joined by Mike Morreale, the commissioner of the Canadian Elite Basketball League, as they tip off. 
this week. You're watching on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio, streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Rod Peterson, back in Canada. He must be lost. On location, brought to you by the city of Estevan. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. All right, welcome back, everybody, to beautiful Affinity Place in Estevan, Saskatchewan. A live look in. It's Bedlam here as we get ready for the start of this Monday triple header at the Centennial Cup presented by Tim Hortons. All is good in the world. I got it. I got it. My Theo jersey has shown up. Thank you to the Estevan Bruins for keeping it so safely for me. Thursday night is the big Bruins sportsman's dinner, and that was my donation to the dinner. That jersey had gotten lost somewhere along the way, but we found it today. All is good. Sioux, Ontario versus the Ottawa Junior Senators at Noon Mountain. Both teams looking for their first victory of the tournament here at Noon Mountain. You can follow along, watch the live stream at HockeyCanada.ca. 4 p.m., it's the Flin Flon Bombers 2-0 versus Summerside PEI. They're 1-1. And then tonight, a battle of winless teams. The Estevan Bruins must win, and by a lot. If they have any chance of winning this, the host team here in their own facility, they're playing the Red Lake Miners, 7.30 p.m. Mountain. That game can be watched at HockeyCanada.ca as well. By the way, the program's brought to you in part by Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. They specialize in improving your company's performance and bottom line through supply chain management services. And brought to you in part by Estevan's Power Dodge. Today's program, very big week in the Canadian Elite Basketball League as well. The biggest. And we welcome their commissioner, our good friend Mike Morielli, as they kick it off with three games of their own. Speaking of, uh, about triple headers, Kamish, welcome to the RP Show again. How are we feeling getting ready here to open the season on Wednesday night? Uh, we're feeling excited. We're feeling refreshed. And, uh, you know, we're really pumped about... Oh, it got, it got loud there all of a sudden, didn't it, Russ? <laughs> We're uh, we're really pumped about uh, about what's to come and really getting back to fans in the stands and and really now across the country three different uh, new markets coast to coast and and I couldn't uh, be more excited. Well, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm looking at your website where all the best information can be found. Cebl.ca. Let's talk about Wednesday's games. Montreal Alliance versus Hamilton. Ottawa Blackjacks. They're not new, but they haven't been around for that long. Saskatchewan Rattlers and the Niagara River Lions, but between Scarborough and Montreal, there's a lot of exciting things going on. To have made it this far is through COVID is exciting, Mike, but this is a new look CEBL this year, so tell our viewers about it. Yeah, we, we've uh, grown uh, quite a bit over the last uh, little while. Uh, went from six teams in 2019 to seven in 2020, Ottawa being the additional one, and now we sit here as the largest pro league in Canada of any sport, so we're really... Uh, really pumped about that certainly not something we were gunning for but one that we've in our plate and we have a responsibility now to, to make it a special one so we have three new um teams three new markets out in newfoundland and st john's we're excited about the rallies and what they're going to do there and the rich tradition of just sport fanatics out on the east coast of course montreal being our largest market and our largest francophone market 
uh, and just the rise of basketball in Quebec in general is through the roof. And then in Scarborough, we just seem to kind of hit a home run with a with a market there that's led by our first external ownership with uh, Nico from OVO, Sam Ibrahim. Uh, they were firepower, and if anybody in a few days ago, I think you know exactly what I mean by that. You might have players going from the CEBL to the NBA. Amani Brooks, Xavier Moon, who's been on this show. What has that done for your league? Uh, you know, it, it's proven that the pathway exists. And it, it's now provided opportunities for new agents and new players, um, new awareness of the fact that you can remain in North America in a domestic league. Um, not have to jump through hoops to go overseas, learn a new language, eat new food, uh, be in strange places. For And for a lot of North Americans, it is a difficult experience. So, you know, being in North America, being in Canada, uh, in a draw, the ability for us to graduate players, the NBA is tremendous. It's, it's something we thought of in our wildest dreams, and we had five guys go there last year. Uh, but more importantly, we're here to showcase our players, develop them. If the NBA is the end goal, by all means, and if it's a better job in a European league, then that's great too. And if it means they stay here all year round, us out in the off season with our Champions League games, and then back to a CBL season, that's really it's it's starting to really come together. I feel like you're still a startup. I think you would agree. I think the biggest stumbling block for the CEBL is just simply getting the word out because the, the product is so amazing. The level of play is getting higher. You just mentioned you got players going to the NBA. You got NBA coaches coming into your league. Saskatchewan Rattlers come to mind. Am I wrong? That just getting the word out is the biggest, like it would help if the national networks would cover it. We know our thoughts on that. But what are the other stumbling blocks for this league? It's all about awareness, right? It really is, to your point. It's about whenever you're a startup in anything, you have to earn your stripes. You have to work a lot harder. You have to invest into your business. Um, for us, it's no different. And, you know, we are a league that's centrally owned that allows us some real advantages. And then it also comes with some disadvantages that we don't have the big local ownership group in market that waves the flag and connects to their local communities, etc., and gets deeper and deeper and kind of, takes it the rest of the way you know we bring it so far and then it can be kind of monetized beyond that but we do everything and, and the beauty of that is we do it well and every game we gain because we earn it so when we have a big announcement like we did the other day with jay cole that to me is just the, an important part in the growth of the game now hundreds and hundreds of thousands of, of people know who the cbl is and they're aware of us and that just means it shines a light on our great players and and the great league that we have John in Edmonton watching one of our viewers in the chat says, finally some CEBL talk. It can't all be hockey and football, Rod. Xavier Moon is coming to Edmonton on Friday to sign autographs and watch the game. So they're engaged in Edmonton. Let's just talk about, if you can, Mike, give me your best pitch on opening week for the CEBL. Why people in these markets, 10 across the country, five, I guess, are at home, should buy tickets and go watch the games. Well, I, I think you're going to find the best basketball played outside of the Toronto Raptors. And uh, if you're not from Ontario, go to a Raptor game is not only difficult, it's, it's expensive. So let us bring the game to you, but also let's bring the entertainment is, to you as well and showcase some of our top Canadian players, many of which will, will have been born or grew up or went to school in some of the uh, markets that we currently play in. So you're going to see high, high level uh, NBA ready talent, NBA talent specs, G League talent. 
uh, big name uh, overseas talent. We just added international roster spots. You're going to see some of the best international FIBA players in the world now being on courts in Canada. Uh, it, it really is um, it, It's a long time coming. It's a great value uh, for what you get. And you get high-level basketball, tons of entertainment, tons of excitement, uh, and something you can wave the Canadian flag behind. I think that's a real important part of it as well. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And as a matter of fact, uh, from Clark, he says, J. Cole signing in Scarborough is huge for the league. Well done. Exciting to see what kind of hype he brings to this league. And I'll just tell you, because you're a sports guy, you would appreciate this. We're in the Canadian National Junior A Hockey Championship here. Every ticket package sold out before they even dropped the puck. Every sponsorship package sold out, and it worked out to twelve fifty a ticket. $12.50, Mike, a ticket for the games, and they sold it out. Like, there are leagues that do that. You don't have to gouge people. And maybe while we're sitting here, talk about your championship weekend, because it's going to be in Ottawa, August 10th to the 14th. This is a very similar kind of imprint of what you guys do. Oh, we lost Mike's. Sorry, we lost Mike's uh, sound. So we'll we'll let him go. We're out of time, anyways. But we'll bring Mike back again to talk about it throughout the CEBL season. And for everything you need to know, the schedule, championship weekend information, it's all at CEBL.ca. We have another special guest when we come back to Affinity Place right after this for the final segment, viewer takeover for Taco Time. Stick around. One brief pause left. And it's right now. You're watching on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube Live, and, of course, 24-hour sports radio streaming at rodpeterson.com. The Rod Peterson Show, live from the 2022 Centennial Cup, proudly presented by the city of Estevan, Saskatchewan, and by award-winning Wanda Heron Photography. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. On location at the 2022 Centennial Cup. Brought to you by the city of Estevan. Oh, here we are. It has been a very fast two hours. You're looking live at Affinity Place, Esteban, Saskatchewan. Beautiful sunny day, game day, noon mountain. It's Ottawa versus Sioux, two winless teams here at the Centennial Cup, presented by Tim Hortons. And I'll tell you again, I'm just so excited. I feel like this should be displayed somewhere a little more prominently. Theo's jersey has shown up. It'll be one of the... Items up for grabs at Thursday night Sportsman's Dinner, the annual Estevan Bruins Sportsman's Dinner here as part of the Centennial Cup. Okay, we've covered a lot of ground, and here in this Taco Time viewer takeover segment, we welcome the mouth of the South, Robbie Mahan, the voice of the Prince Albert Raiders, formerly the Estevan Bruins. He's uh, loud and proud, a Winnipegger by trade. You represent a lot of regions, Rob. I wear a lot of hats and a lot of hoodies, too, as it turns out. I figured if yes. I was going to be here, I had better represent. You're still not calling it Bunny Hug after all these years in the province? You know, it's funny. I talked to some of the Manitoba-born Raiders this year about that, and half of them had never heard it. So Saskatchewan's letting the side down, not telling people that it's Bunny Hug, not Hoodie. It's a Bunny cases. Hug, yes. Hockey guy. They call him the mouth of the South. And as we are talking hockey today, the big news, I don't know if it's been made official yet by the Winnipeg Jets, but everybody's saying the Jets, your hometown team, 
will be introducing Barry Trotz as their next head coach. And you say the hockey fans in your hometown are very excited about it. Yeah, I think if that is, in fact, confirmed, a lot of Winnipeg fans will be very happy. He's a local guy, which which holds a lot of water in Winnipeg, but he's also just proven, and he's proven successful, and he's proven to be good with defensive structure, which, if you watched the Jets at all last year, you know that was a bit they didn't of a have stumbling it. block. Yeah, you, can, you put it a little less delicately than I did, but you're probably closer to right. So talk about the Centennial Cup, if you don't mind. You spent all these years as the voice of the Bruins, and then you leave, and they get the national championship and win the league. How's that feel? You know what? It still feels pretty good to see the city <laughs> celebrate sure like this, I've yeah. got to say. It would have been nice to be on the call, don't get me wrong, but an opportunity like the one in PA, I just I couldn't turn down. So uh, to come back here, I'm here purely as a fan. There's no professional uh, capacity to this one. I just get to come back and enjoy it, which is kind of nice because it has been really enjoyable hockey. And all these years working in this facility, I definitely was aware of how beautiful it really is. But coming back here and just experiencing it from a fan's perspective you get another appreciation for holy smokes this is a junior a arena in the middle of saskatchewan and it puts leagues you know higher up the food chain to shame in some cases this is just such a gorgeous facility it's good to see them host the nationals well i always thought and somebody i can't remember who i was talking to this morning they said you're just from up the road oh it was the epoch times newspaper they said you're from just up the road and i said yes and for that reason, I was always hesitant to say that this is the greatest Junior A facility in the country because I didn't want to appear too biased. But now we have all the 10 teams here from across the country. They're like, yeah, it's the best. And, and that's a nice feeling. Oh, it's got to be. And, I mean, the city deserves it. I mean, they've been passionately supporting this team for such a long time. I was here for a run to the finals that unfortunately did not end as well as the, uh, the most recent run did for the Bruins in that 2017-18 season. They came within a goal in Game 7, but that was uh, as close as they'd been for a very long time. And the city deserved uh, they deserved a winner, and they got one this year. So it was really pleasing to see that. Well, this is not, for our hockey fans, there's a reason that we are here. It is to broadcast our show from the Centennial Cup and somewhat show office arena and this town as we're brought to you in part by the city of Estevan. Today's show for Power Dodge. But uh, we got in a little late. Let's just set the scene. I, I said at the start of the broadcast, Robbie, that I felt like a not as good looking, poorly, more poorly dressed James Duthie sitting here on the concourse setting the scene. It's day five. And if the Esteban Bruins don't win tonight, it is over. Their, their flame is flickering as it is going into tonight's game. So tell our viewers the scene for tonight's game against Red Lake and the other two games that will go on before it. Well, it's a wing and a prayer for the Bruins at this point. You have to win. you got to control what you can control. You do need to win both your games to stay alive, and you're going to need help elsewhere, which you never want to have to count on. But when they lost that first one to the uh, Quebec representative, College Longueuil, and then lost another one to Pickering, they put themselves in a position where they need help elsewhere. And before that, you get two teams. You said it earlier. They're both winless. Northern Ontario representatives, the Sioux. I got to say, I could hear their uh, their fans when they're coming onto the ice, and I've been really impressed with the way fans of all these teams have, uh, have traveled, incidentally. Every and, team's yeah, got their fans. Here, every yeah. team, and even the team from uh, the Maritimes, their summer side, you got, they, they're thousands of miles from home, and they've got fans in their jerseys. They were sitting uh, across from me there in the game I saw them play against Dauphin yesterday, so the fan bases have really shown up for this. And then I know uh, the Ottawa Junior Senators are probably pretty disappointed, like the Bruins. They probably felt that they could have won their first two games, won neither of them. So they're in a similar boat to what the Bruins are. Well, it's funny because you've been standing off the set here for about an hour, <laughs> and there's a conversation going on about 15 feet from me right now that I would give a limb to listen to, and it is Alan May, the Stanley Cup champion, Washington Capitals analyst with Jason Tatarnik, 
the head coach and GM of the Bruins. Wouldn't you love to hear what they're talking about right now with regards to this game? Because the Bruins had a lead in these two games that they blew. It's all here. They had two two-goal leads against Pickering. They had one two-goal lead against Longay. And realistically, when you have those leads, you do have to win. And I don't think Jason Tatarnik is hiding from that fact at all. I think he's been pretty open about the fact that he's disappointed that his team, with those leads, came away with no points in either one of those games. But, yeah, wouldn't you love to be a fly on that particular, I guess not wall, but curtain. On that curtain, yeah. yeah. Just a couple seconds left here. Actually, 90 seconds, producer Clark telling me, Battle of Alberta. Where are you on what's going on in that chaotic series? I am, by uh, by birth almost, a Colorado Avalanche fan. So what I want is two things. I want to be entertained, which I very much have been. And I want whoever comes out of that series to be as beaten up as humanly possible because they're probably going to get Colorado in the next round. But it's been wildly entertaining. I was licking my chops when I found out we were getting a Battle of Alberta. That hasn't happened in the playoffs in my lifetime. And I'm just thrilled to see it come out. Last minute of play in the RP show. Last minute of play. If you want to know what the best job in the world is, it's right here. Spending two hours in the morning talking sports and then going to be watching hockey all day. It's a literal all-you-can-eat buffet of hockey, Tim Hortons coffee, and donuts. And for my friends in PA, as you follow my footsteps a little bit as I was the voice of the Raiders, we got to talk about the Raiders in 45 seconds or less here. Tough uh, sweep at the hands of the ice, but to make the playoffs was big. Yeah, getting that one win over the Winnipeg Ice in Prince Albert really injected some life into the crowd there, and it was nice to see the fans turn out. Tough year, and when you trade the best defenseman in the country, which I don't think many people would argue that Caden Gooley wasn't that, it obviously changes the expectations, but they made the playoffs, they got in, they look good. Mouth of the South, good to see you. Enjoy the hockey. All right, we'll be back here tomorrow. Brent Ladd, the president of the CJHL, will be with us, and more guests noon Eastern here on Game Plus TV. Let's make some noise! Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.